Welcome to the FinTech Today podcast with your host, Carlos Cabrera, where everything is unfolded from FinTech news, personalities, and stories just for you. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Carlos Cabrera, your host of uh, FinTech Today. I have today a very special guest. His name is uh, Jacob Rost. He is the, the founder and CEO of IO Connect. He is a very impressive guy. His company is located in Indonesia, and uh, it, uh, it is a financial API platform that right now has managed to uh, raise an important amount of uh, money, uh, according to what I've seen so far, 15 million. And he also has done a lot in terms of being a um, startup uh, mentor. He has been also a business coach and he attended the uh, Ingolstadt School of Management in Germany, one of the top um, universities there. Uh, welcome, Jacob. It is a pleasure to have you here at FinTech today. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I'd like to uh, basically find out what, uh, what drove you to establish your uh, business, your project in Indonesia over all the other uh, locations that you could um, start in. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, uh, Carlos. Great uh, to have you here. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, just quickly about myself, I'm uh, the CEO and founder of IOConnect, we're uh, an Indonesian B2B fintech. Uh, I grew up in Germany, I was in uh, financial services and, and fintech over there, I worked for Boston Consulting Group and then moved to Indonesia almost 10 years ago. I was uh, the managing director for Lazada Indonesia, which uh, got bought by Alibaba, it was at the time the biggest e-commerce group in the region. So basically for me, having been on the ground in Indonesia allowed me to see firsthand, uh, you know, what, what the financial ecosystem looks like and, uh, you know, see the challenges uh, that uh, remain, but also see the opportunities that, uh, you know, digital uh, finance could, could provide. So uh, when we started IO Connect uh, six years ago, uh, my co-founders and I essentially wanted to build a business that can you know, solve some of the challenges in the financial ecosystem here. And uh, open finance was uh, a great way and enabled us to do this. Wow, great. And and what does IO stand for? What is, uh, what, uh, how did you get to come up with that name? Yeah, IO is actually an, an Indonesian word. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like um, kind of establishing our local footprint here where uh, operating in Indonesia, it's, it's a fascinating market. It's the, it's the fourth largest uh, country in the world by population. And uh, IO is, is, is sort of like a generic word that, that sort of like means let's. So it can be used in conjunction with let's go, let's build, let's play, let's do, let's start. Um, so it, it's, it's something that, you know, any one of the 270 million Indonesians would know. And, and, and that's basically where the idea uh, came to, to use IO and then connect obviously being you know, the largest API platform in Indonesia, uh, APIs are connecting, you know, institutions. Uh, and, uh, and that's basically where IOConnect was born. Awesome. So that you chose a dynamic word for your project, which is, uh, you know, technology is very dynamic. So makes uh, makes a lot of sense. And in terms of your roadmap, what, uh, you know, I know that, for instance, I saw that you have linked uh, so far, you have... Um, Three or four thousand companies 
meaning you have you have ambitious goals. So what is what is your roadmap so far? Yeah, so so maybe just briefly about are you connect, right? So we we're B2B fintech and uh, uh, we're essentially an open finance platform. So what does it mean? It's that we're building a full stack financial infrastructure solutions that uh, um, basically enable companies to launch banking products and payment products on, on, on their ecosystems. And, and we do that by essentially providing a wide range of uh, embedded uh, uh, solutions and, uh, and data uh, solutions that they can, can use. Uh, and the advantage really is that, you know, instead of having to build and, and launch products that would take you months or years, uh, you can essentially do this plug and play and, and with us and, and be live in a matter of days or weeks. Uh, so we're really fast forwarding in the way, you know, the, and shape the way companies are going about launching financial products in, in the market here. Um, and, and as you said, uh, a big part of what we do is essentially connecting uh, different institutions with each other. So um, that can be anything from a, a big bank or a financial institution to, uh, you know, uh, a newly founded startup to some of the large tech unicorns. So uh, we're extremely humble that we have more than 200 API customers already using our technology today. And they really, you know, uh, are including some of the largest banks in Indonesia, financial institutions, uh, tech unicorns, and so on. Um, so having said that, it's still very early for us. Uh, we feel that, you know, there's a lot of things that we want to do. And uh, uh, unlike open finance in, in the US or in Europe, it's, uh, it, it's just starting out in Southeast Asia. And that's where we see. So the market is still very nascent. And uh, a lot of uh, of our customers are still learning about it. So a, a large part of what we do is uh, educating uh, uh, the market about what's possible next to building the actual technology. And our vision is to sort of not basically power the leading companies of today and the unicorns of tomorrow. Uh, so basically we want to be there from day one when you're a small start startup company and handhold you all the way until you, know, you have a couple of thousand employees and millions of customers um, so uh, coming back to your question, uh, where, where does that leave us in, in terms of roadmap? It's uh, still a lot of things in front of us, I would say. So we've we taken a lot of inspiration from what's done in the space and in other markets that are more progressed than Southeast Asia. And, and we basically look at and we talk to our customers of what they need. And we feel there's still uh, a, a wide range of solutions when it comes to financial products and you know APIs and, and data products that... Uh, the market currently needs that have not been built yet. So that's essentially where we are investing our time and energy and resources in, in building those solutions uh, that, you know, could potentially only go live six to 12 months from now, but then will make an impact of, of the way financial uh, ecosystem is shaped down here in Southeast Asia. Well, that's great. So basically what you envision in the next few years would be you, uh, a, a core focus in Asia over say expanding to other locations yeah so i think indonesia is sort of like the starting point for us it's the largest market in southeast asia it's uh, half of the population in southeast asia come, comes from indonesia it's also uh the most progressed in in, in terms of like adoption and you know the, the startup curve so it, it was a natural you know logical step for us to start here 
uh, we're currently eyeing other markets in Southeast Asia um, that are probably somewhere on the roadmap for us near term. Having said that, basically open finance, open banking is, is, is a vast space. And, you know, there's a lot of happening in other uh, uh, countries, especially emerging countries uh, that we know well and, and that we know how to operate in uh, around the world. We do see players uh, in the space, uh, for instance, in Latin America that do great things and so on. So um, uh, for us, we, we keep monitoring the space. I think definitely Southeast Asia is a starting point for us. Uh, but uh, who knows where the journey leads down the line. Nice, nice. And uh, I know that uh, you have some, you know, nice accomplishments so far. I saw that you managed to to raise to a, a very strong uh, a race uh, recently. And can you give us more details on your, on, on your stats, your burn rate, whatever you're comfortable sharing with our viewers? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we very humble to to say that you know we have some of the greatest investors in the world on on our cup table we actually uh this year recently did a did a our series b round so in, in total we've collected uh 35 million uh wow. in in funding till date uh our investor base is uh very diversified i mean tiger global was leading the last round so we have great institutional investors both globally but also Uh, locally that understand the market on the ground very well uh, over here. Uh, we have strategic investors uh, that uh, help us uh, on, on the technology side or, you know, opening doors. And uh, even on the impact side, we have investors that actually see that, you know, service and products we build uh, help enable financial inclusion at the end of the day, uh, either directly or indirectly. Uh, so very happy to say that we have this diverse portfolio of investors Uh, coming from different angles, supporting the business. Uh, in, in terms of stats, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, we have more than 200 API customers. That, that number is growing uh, very rapidly. Uh, we have uh, 250 employees currently. Uh, we're a remote first company. Uh, obviously, a, a large part of our staff is, is coming from Indonesia, but uh, we have employees from, from other Asian markets, such as, such as India, Malaysia, Vietnam, even hires from Europe uh, and beyond. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, basically uh, connecting uh, uh, 4,000 digital products that we have in our pipeline through our API stack that we uh, can offer to our customers in the form of embedded finance solutions and so forth. So in terms of your solutions right now, you have a, a, a a huge array of products, according to what you're sharing with our viewers, 4,000 products. Wow. Yeah. So basically, uh, we started um, on the embedded finance side and mm -hmm. the biggest use case that we identified in uh, developing markets like uh, Indonesia is essentially bill payments. It's, uh, it's a use case. This is very dominant here. So by the time you open your e-commerce platform or an e-wallet or you go to mom and pop shop, it's, it's, it's the number, use, number one use case that gets advertised um, uh, because water, gas, electricity, tax payments, all of those recurring payments that are not really a pain point in the US or Europe or developed markets. It's still very uh, manual in, in markets like Indonesia. Uh, that's essentially where we started and, uh, and, and, you know, learned basically how to build APIs, uh, connecting a lot of those players and utility companies and so on. And then uh, as of a couple of years ago, we essentially branched out into additional financial APIs uh, as part of the wider open banking and then open finance uh, stack. So 
Uh, as of today, we're basically uh, offering uh, a direct debit. Uh, we are actually first to market in Indonesia. It's uh, again, a solution that is very well known in uh, developed markets uh, in Indonesia. It's, it's basically hasn't been uh, around for the time being. And we are the first one that bring direct debit capabilities that allow our customers to deduct funds directly from a customer's bank account on a recurring basis and so on. Uh, we're launching account opening APIs that basically allow uh, any consumer platform to uh, open a white label accounts uh, on behalf of their customers. Uh, we uh, have uh, cards issuance in the roadmap, again, another use case that is very large in other markets that doesn't exist in Indonesia yet. Um, on, on the payment side, we have innovative products, uh, for instance, on the disbursement side, uh, you know, cash is still very, very dominant in Indonesia. So we have, for instance, a disbursement API that allows our platforms to cash out real physical cash in convenience stores, mom and pop stores to their customers instead of having to use ATMs and so on. So you basically see what, what we do is we take inspiration from, uh, you know, the wider open finance landscape globally. But then what we do is we adjust and customize those solutions to really fit the local market and the demands and the needs of our customers on the ground here and, and build great products around that. That's great. So for instance, if, if um, say financial companies, say from Germany or uh, Canada, they want to open, set up an operation in Indonesia, you would basically be able to uh, take them from point A to Z all the way to, to in terms of establishing the, the year. Exactly, right? So mm -hmm. we get this quite a lot. Uh, we get approached by new market entrants. And then obviously, Southeast Asia, Indonesia is, is a highly attractive market uh, for a lot of businesses that want to come over here. Uh, and, and, you know, the first pain point is like, how do I get uh, my distribution up and running? How do I make sure, you know, that my products are covered uh, all across the market? And uh, that can be challenging, right? Just from, from a geographic perspective, Indonesia has 17,000 islands. So just basically being having your products and uh, or, or services or, uh, or whatever your business does uh, uh, on the ground in, in, in the point of sales is already uh, a big headache uh, to enter the market, right? So we have APIs that basically help on distributions for financial products and so on, where we partner with e-wallets, with banks, with, with fintechs and so on that can uh, help put your products uh, uh, closer to where your customers are. Uh, but then once you've ticked this one, this off, next question is like, how, how do I charge my customers, right? Especially on a recurring basis. If, I, um, if I'm a lending company, I need to basically collect monthly loan payments. If I'm an insurance uh, company, I need to collect uh, uh, monthly recurring premium payments and so on. So we have basically a subscription payment stack that helps you do that both online and offline. Uh, cash payments are still big in Indonesia. So uh, we partner with, you know, convenience stores uh, and, and, and offline stores and, uh, and so on. But uh, we also partner with e-wallets and banks. Uh, so, yeah, basically, again, coming, coming from an API perspective, how do I connect with the entire ecosystem uh, in a very fast and efficient uh, way? That's basically where, where we come in as a, as a B2B fintech basically providing the middle layer of, of the ecosystem. So from an end customer perspective, IU Connect will, will never be known, right? So if you, mm. if you go to a bank or if you go to a, a mom and pop shop or, or to an e-wallet, you would never know that IU Connect's APIs are behind it, uh, powering a lot of those services. So in a way, our 
aspiration is to say everyone in Indonesia uses us, but but no one really knows about us from a, from a consumer perspective. Right, right. Well, that's that uh, that's the important thing is is you know all the development that you're doing, and at the end of the line, people are already getting to know your project. Whether you know it's it's uh, you know it's it, it's connected to the consumer, like you're saying. Or in your case, it's a B two B. And you know, I'm just wondering in terms of of contributing to the Indonesia's local economy. Uh, do you have any uh, you know any sort of uh, social programs? Um, can you give us uh, some details on your current plans when it comes to that? So, in Indonesian economy has been has done very well over over the last couple of years. It's it's definitely a rising star. Um, it's. Uh, um uh, growing on all the macro levels i think i mean smartphone penetration uh has 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 been high everyone i would go as fast as say you know majority of population has a smartphone by now uh we have seen that um gdp per capita has been increasingly rising uh it's a very young market so half of the population is below the age of 30 uh so there's a lot of positive energy as well there's a this large entrepreneurial spirit among the younger generation. There's also a high willingness to try out new things, especially when it comes to digital services and uh, uh, financial services uh, and, and so on. So lots of opportunity. Um, coming back to my earlier point, challenges obviously remain. So especially on the, on the financial side, if you uh, uh, look, one of the well-known facts is that there's still a high degree of financial exclusion. So really only 50% or even below have, have a bank account, which means they have access to, you know, formal financial products. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, geographical challenges, uh, 70,000 islands, uh, islands uh, uh, across the country. So, uh, you know, the penetration of financial products is uneven uh, across the country, uh, weakening the financial infrastructure. Uh, uh, and on, on, on top of that, you have a, a rising population uh, and, uh, you know, uh, digital economy that actually puts also additional challenges and demands on on traditional financial products and institutions. Um, and then on the other hand, you have uh, a lot of great, uh, like a large number of great consumer uh, businesses that uh, want to offer financial products in, to their customers on their ecosystems, but they're lacking the capabilities and the infrastructure to do so. So that's essentially where we're trying to come in as IO Connect and essentially bridging that gap and making it easier for, for both sides and especially for our customers to launch those products. So this essentially has a direct impact to, to financial inclusion um, in, in the near term, whereas we as IOConnect, we're not going out and, and going the last mile and, and tailoring to, to end consumers directly, what we're essentially building the infrastructure layer that allows our clients to, to do that and to do that faster and more efficient. Uh, which then reduces basically the entry barrier for more financial clu- inclusion and financial literacy uh, in, in, the, in the marketplace. And, and that's sort of like a long-term vision that we're going after. Um, but that essentially then has uh, a social impact on a larger scale and uh, you know helps the economy as a whole, as well as like an individual and an SME uh, that actually has access to the financial products they need to grow their businesses. Sure, that, that makes perfect sense. You you don't a lot of times you don't have to be directly involved, but you are the engine behind a lot of the positive uh, changes in the in uh, the local economy. 
And uh, in terms of future races, are you planning to do any future races? And if so, how many more races do you plan on doing? Yeah, so I think we're fortunate enough to say that, I mean, our capital structure works very well for us currently. Um, uh, the, the core business essentially is, is highly profitable, right? That, that's, the, that, 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 that's a great part about our line of business. Uh, really, the, the burn that we have is, is going into, you know, financing technology and solutions that we're building that are not there yet today that are going to monetize six to 12 months from now. Uh, so that's where we put a lot of our focus currently. And that's where raising money from external investors definitely helps to accelerate that. Um, having said that, I think fundraising is like the, the way I look at it, it's more like a means to an end. It's not about, you know, the fundraise itself. It's more like if, if, if this is uh, for you the right way to build the business faster and, uh, and, and basically leapfrog a couple of stacks <laughs> along the way. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, we're the end of the line on fundraising, but uh, it, it does need to make sense, right? So there will be probably future fundraisers, but it needs to be very aligned with our strategy and uh, and where we want to bring the business. And then also, obviously, it be aligned with the new investors that are coming on board. Uh, so far, we have been very fortunate uh, that, you know, we have gotten more demand for, for, for investors that uh, we needed and... Uh, I think the course that we operate, you know, a, a very sustainable business that, you know, eventually turns profit, profitable as a group and, uh, uh, and do the right things in, in the way we want to build the business. Great. Great. That's, uh, that's a good way to, you know, look at uh, the, uh, the future plans and how, what keeps you on a personal note, what keeps you focused uh, every day? What, uh, what gets you, what keeps you going? So I divide my time. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's the big picture and the big vision and a lot of impact that we want to make in the region here. Um, that's, that's, that's a long kind of like time horizon, right? And then on, uh, on, the, on the contrary, you have the daily challenges of just, you know, building and scaling a business. So uh, a lot of my time, if it's not within, spent with investors, it's actually spent with the team. Uh, it's on a strategic side. It's uh, you know listening to our customers. It's understanding uh, what what some of the solutions uh, uh, are that that are missing in the market that we should be focusing on. Uh, we're still uh, currently hiring uh, uh, across the board from from junior to very senior positions across all departments, uh, just to be able to move a bit uh, faster. Uh, so I think that's that's probably like a broad scope of what what keeps me busy. Um, we have the saying where, you know, every day we want to make IOConnect 1% better, uh, uh, even from an internal perspective, right? So uh, the way we do hiring, the way we do onboarding, the way we have our internal processes, the way, uh, you know, we, we build the technology and the solution, uh, every day we need to raise the bar. Uh, and uh, 1% doesn't, doesn't uh, sound like a lot per day, but it compounds over time. And that's, uh, I think, a very important driver for us as a business to, you know, constantly uh, raise the bar and uh, and and wake up uh, uh, the next morning with a bit of better business attend. Wow, that's great. And and how how um, what what are the how many students are you coaching at the moment? Yeah, so um, 
in in my free time, I'm I'm pretty uh, engaged in you know the the startup ecosystem in in South Asia uh, on a broader level. Uh, I'm I'm personally an angel investor in in new companies. Uh, I I do spend time mentoring and coaching uh, new startup founders, um, and it's. I think it allows me to to stay in touch with you know what is what uh, uh, where the market is heading uh, from a digital ecosystem on, on a broader level, but uh, also there's a lot of personal satisfaction in just passing on knowledge and you know mistakes that you have made in the past that you don't want the the, the founders of of today and tomorrow to to repeat. I, I think essentially starting a new company is uh, extremely challenging, probably one of the hardest things anyone can do. So the more support and help you can take from uh, uh, people that have been in the trenches a bit longer, then uh, you know the better for you and the higher your chances of, of succeeding. So I see there's a lot of appreciation uh, from 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 startup founders to you know get get sort of like insights and tips and uh, uh, and just a bit of handholding of of how to go about certain things. Um, but it's also very important for the ecosystem here. So Indonesia's digital ecosystem is. Uh, maybe just about 10 years old, right? So I've seen it when I came to Indonesia, there was not any tech unicorn yet. And uh, uh, now we have give or take 10 unicorns, uh, which is great. So you see sort of like, you know, the first and second generation of founders coming from uh, the, the, the current unicorns and going out and branching and starting their own businesses. Uh, but there's still a long way to go. I want to see 50 to 100 unicorns in, uh, in Indonesia and, and in South Asia. And uh I think that's where we need to ultimately go, and that, that will have an impact on uh, on the economy as a whole as well. So, so that's where I like to just you know be a small piece of the puzzle and contribute and uh, stay in touch with what's going on on the in the startup ecosystem on the earlier side. That's great. That's uh, that's a good way to also in in a very tangible way contribute to uh, the upcoming generations and. As you know, there's nowadays there's so much activity in going on in in Asia when it comes to entrepreneurial uh, projects. So yeah, that's that's uh, something that's very impressive. Anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap it up? Um, no, I, th I think since there's a very international audience also of your of your podcast, a podcast, it's. Um, uh, I get approached also a lot from companies or from 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 founders who are eyeing at the region, right? Southeast Asia is admittedly one of the growth regions in the world, very attractive for companies to you know start looking at potentially expanding here. So um, happy to share knowledge as well, or you know some ob observations on you know how things are on the ground here in in the banking ecosystem, in the fin fintech ecosystem, or the digital ecosystem as a whole, uh, and. Uh, yeah, just share a bit more of my my observations and knowledge as well. Well, thank you so much for your time, and Jacob. It was a pleasure to interview uh, you today and do this. Uh, uh, you know, allowing our viewers to get to know you better. And well, to all our viewers, this is uh, Jacob Rost, the CEO and founder of IO Connect. Thank you so much. Wish you all the success. Thank you so much, Carlos, and uh, great to be on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you.